Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast with Coach Kenny and Kendra. We are recording for the Strong Life Podcast, and also we'll throw this out on all social media that we have available. But this is a special event. Well, this is a first. It really is. Like, so back in the day, Kendra, I used to go live in my Facebook group all the time from yeah. Zoom, but I, I stopped doing it like a year and a half ago. Um, it just wasn't for me, it wasn't bringing the value at the time. But I, I like the fact that, you know, um, I get the opportunity to have you come in. I think that, you know, always hearing from other coaches, especially so for me and you, we actually coach very similarly, but we have different ways of getting our message across. And I always okay. think it's great anytime we can, um, you know, we can just encourage people and help people along with different perspectives, you know. So they right. always hear from me, which is what I like about Team Strong Life. I get to just say the things I've always said to different people and it resonates with them. They're you know, Team Claiborne gets right. tired of hearing from Kenny Claiborne, I'm sure, every once in a while. I don't think, you know, I, I just dropped a, a uh, What Are Macros podcast mm -hmm. and somebody was like, I can't hear this enough. She's been with me for like three years. I'm like, she's probably heard me talk about macros a million times. I think your people love you. They just, they they need to hear it from you. I shit. I need to hear it from people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't hear it enough. Like get up and keep going. I don't know how many times I saw that somewhere today. It's like, I'm never like, yeah, yeah. It's always helpful. No, Your people love you. I know it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I love them. They love me. I mean, we, we all have those ways of connecting with each other. You know, and it's funny what you just said about like, you can't hear it enough. I got a message this morning. So I'm like, we're in week seven of the seven. challenge, right? Seven. Week eight of my personal challenge. And I got a message this morning from a lady who I, she's an awesome person, but she messaged me today about high protein recipes and are they good? And I, all I can think to myself is like, where did I fail as a coach? Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, like of course they're good. You know, like this, I like I like when I get that message, I don't think about them. It's not their fault. It's like, what did I do wrong? Like, how did I educate incorrectly? Because, you know, she's she's just trying to get to the bottom of this so she can make progress. And I'm just like, man, like I must have not communicated that well. Like that must have been for me. You know? I don't think that's actually the truth. I think it's I I I think a lot of times, like when I think about my people even me, like, you're just looking for some affirmation, like, Hey coach, am I doing the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? Am I, am I looking at this? Right? Like it's, it's about, sometimes I think it's just the, literally the connection. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, like all of people send me a video of their form and they know it's perfect form. They want me to see it's perfect form. It's like, how's my form? You just want to connect with me. And that's important as a, <laughs> but yeah, like, yes, yeah, so you, it's part of the connection they have with you, you know, and yeah. also maybe you need to explain protein better. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I got to do a better job of that. And plus, do better, I, Kenny, do better. I think there's also this little <laughs> bit of like, it's what we do differently than other people too, Kendra. It's like the connection that we make with people is different than just what they would normally get from an app, right? Like we're people just like them and, and they want to know, we give them the encouragement to know they're headed in the right direction. Whereas if you're just doing this on your own using like my fitness pal or calorie King or whatever, one of those other apps out there, like 
you can execute the plan that the app is giving you, but you hit no feedback, right? Like you don't know if you're doing it right or not. So the first sign of like, I'm not going in the right direction, you kind of just give up and fall off because you're not getting any feedback that says, hey, stay the course. You're doing great, you know, or hey, let's adjust. There's got to be an easier way for you to do this as a coach. Like, and I think the easier way, and trust me, I have tried to make it easier, this job. I ha I really have. I've tried everything I can to make it faster and easier. And there's no fast or easy way to help people and build those relationships. I've tried, you know, oh, I'll do a faster, shorter response. Oh, I'll try to, you know, and then I can, but it's like, it's just, I feel like just like our people, there's no easy, fast way for you to build rapport with a person to understand their lifestyle and understand what holds them back. And you, the only way to do that is if you care about what you do and you care about your people. Otherwise, just go hire AI to respond and just get volume and go live your life and make money. You know? No, I agree. Like, which isn't a bad idea. I was just reading an article about AI, like, uh, but you know, it's, it, there are different ways to approach this whole coaching thing. You know, I get the opportunity often to talk about, you know, building communities because of like what I have in team Playborn. So I'm always trying to help other coaches build their communities. But what people don't understand is that the secret sauce is consistency over time, you know, developing relationships, being yourself, connecting with people that are like you, you know, it's not, you can't just go and make it up. It's not something you can do overnight. You know, you can have a checklist of what to do to create the perfect Facebook group. But if you don't connect with people and they don't buy into you and you're not helping them move along in their journey, like you're not going to be successful. That's just the bottom line. Like you've got to be in touch with people. You've got to actually connect with people and that's okay. Like we've talked about this before. There's plenty of people that I don't connect with and they move on, you know, and there's people that I do connect with. Yeah. Like, we found a home here, you know, thank you. You know, it's, it works. Yeah. Way. yeah. Agreed. Well, I'm psyched to be in your, in your community. I know you've been in mine and my people just love it when you, pop in but it really i know we had a couple things we wanted to address before today's topic but um i was really excited to talk to you about overcoming multiple injuries and surgeries yeah. um i'm not going through that right now but i have so many people that are going through it that have gone through it and i selfishly wanted an episode for myself when i do go through it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out there searching for ways to just stay stay active. But I know you wanted to touch on a couple other things too. Will we well, I mean, shoot it a little? Well, I think really quickly, Kendra, what would be really cool if you could do for me? Because this is the first time you're like going live in Team Claiborne with me. It might be kind of cool for people to know who you are and what you do and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Kendra Jarrett, uh, I'm 49 years old. I'm really excited um, to turn 50 this summer. It's it's like, I don't know why this birthday feels it's so exciting. I've never really cared about a birthday or talked about a birthday, but this one, you know, I'm really freaking proud of this one. I don't think I've felt that way before. You know what I mean? For those who are 50, like it's, it's just, there's something about it, like a half a century. Um, I have a 20, 
uh, two-year-old son. He's in the army, like Kenny's son. Um, I live on the road in an RV, which is um, amazing and challenging and all the things I had to kick my husband out of here. Uh, so I was sharing a space with my 300 square feet with my dog. Now we uh, had to put our old boy down about five days ago. Can't really go there yet, but we have one shepherd, a cat. Um, we've been traveling on the road since January and I'm an online coach, just like Kenny partnered with first form, very similar path to Kenny. And I'd say we met a few years ago um, and you know, slowly connected. You It just takes a while in this industry. Um, I left my corporate job to start my business about four years ago, uh, coaching business. But my one of my first jobs, well, as an adult, you know, into my 20s, I was a personal trainer and nutrition coach. I was a fitness director at one of the first Planet Fitness. Um, and then uh, I became a single parent and found myself in corporate America, where I worked for about 15 years before starting my uh, career again. And I always knew I would return to this job. I just, I love, the, the best way for me to describe it is like, I love being in people's lives in this particular way. You know, like when I was at corporate America, I would sit there and I would think, you know, you go to the gym and you come, you get all dressed up and you go sit and work and you're sitting around a table and there, I'd be looking at this guy thinking he's an asshole, this guy that I'm doing business with. But I was, but he went to the gym every morning and I would always think like, I bet we could connect on like that level, but we don't have the chance in this corporate environment to like, to go there. So I just, you know, that probably makes no sense, but it's like, I want to be in the this part of people's lives and help them in this way, not like corporate America helping, you know, uh, my publicly traded company make more money. I did the best I could with the, that career, but I always dreamed of like, you know, being back in this field. And so here I am. And now, uh, you know, getting a chance to work with you has just been awesome. You know, what is really cool about what you said about how we met, like, you know, we probably did meet a few years ago, but we didn't really connect until <clears throat> probably, you know, when you were announced as an elite trainer, somewhere around in there, we started getting to know each other a little better. We started being at more of the same things. But I think the thing that's really interesting here is that, <clears throat> you know, kind of like we were just talking about with communities, the coaching community is very, very similar in that there's a lot of people out there who are quote unquote coaches self-proclaimed and um that's okay i don't have anything wrong with that but we also take time to like sniff each other's butts and figure each other out right like at, like dogs seriously like like hey like, <laughs> let me let me get yeah. to know this yeah. oh yeah yeah i don't you know i don't want to personally i i have a reputation you know i i i like to do things a certain way i I value integrity. I value people who are in people's lives for the right reasons, like you are. You know, I'm not here to make money. Sure, we can do two things at one time, right? We can care about people and we can have a career doing it. But, you know, I always want to align myself with people that I feel like their values are like mine. They're doing things for the right reasons. So even though there's a lot of coaches out there, I don't align with all of them on purpose. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get to know them. You know, like I, I, I kind of... I, I know them a little bit and that's enough, you know, like 
I don't need to develop a relationship and work with them in any certain fashion because I don't feel they're doing things the way I do them. And that's okay with me, you know? Yeah, that that's interesting too. It takes a while to build rapport. I think the cool thing, I, I've thought a lot about like some of the talks you and I have done. There's the things that I admire most about people are they're nothing you could buy. It, sure. It's like, if you have a great physique, I know, like, that's why I love it when people step on stage. Cause I know it, I, you can't buy that shit. You can't just buy a community. It takes years of showing up for team Claiborne yeah. over and over and over. It takes exposure. You have to like expose your life. It takes, it takes authenticity. It takes incredible amounts of dedication. And so when I see somebody who's done that, it's like, I respect that. Cause I, first of all, I know what it takes, but second of all, it's like, you can't buy that. There's, you can't, you can, nobody can give it to you and you have to earn it. And so when coaches have those things, results for themselves, results for their people, like you and I started tagging each other somewhere. I'm not sure where in like, look at, look at my person. Oh, look at my person. Look at my person. Look at my person. And it's like, there would be a time that you tag me in a couple and I'd be like, shit, I need to get in there and like, like push my people. Um, and so when you have people that get results, yeah. you can't fake that. Yeah, you can't, it's how, amazing. It's amazing. How many, how many coaches do you know? And this, that's a great point because we all know pl plenty of coaches who their IG and their social media is nothing more than a highlight reel of all the things they do. Like I get it. Yeah, coach. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. Get, I get it coach. You're in great shape, but like, <laughs> right. how, how about how about some of the people you're working with can we talk about their results like for right. me like if i look at your ig and it's all just pictures of you in a bikini or board shorts right and you don't talk about your clients and I, i'm i'm already doubting yeah. your abilities as a coach right like good you're disciplined good you can go to the gym i i value that like you get a little bit of credibility from me because I know that is hard to do, but we're not talking about like, you know, the, the highlight reel here. I want to know what you can do for other people. That matters to me. If, if I'm going to give you credibility as a coach. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually saw somebody recently, uh, an influencer who, who I like, who's with first form. Uh, he just awesome person and never like knew he first of all he's amazing his physique is amazing big big influencer and i just started noticing him posting results of people and i'm like there you go like that was the i've always thought highly of this person really highly just because like his whole everything about him but it's like i'm a coach but it's like are you you know what I mean? Like, how would I know if you're not willing to share the spotlight with your people and like highlight them, which I get to like, I, I totally get that brand, but it brought such credibility for me. Like it just 
to see him posting results of people. I was like, now I believe you. The only reason I have a spotlight at all is because of my people. Like, that's how I look at it, right? Like, <laughs> Same, like, right? Nobody, like <laughs> nobody's coming to look at 51-year-old Kenny Claiborne, like, take his shirt off. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody's coming. It's so you true. Know I mean? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, grow your glutes. I got this tiny little mound, like, barely, that's taken me three years to get. Like, nobody's coming for that. Nobody, right? So... I don't know. Like, I just, I try to keep the people that, that really matter the most to me. Like, that's the whole reason I even have a following in the first place. So I yeah. keep sharing yeah, them. I keep I talking agree. about them, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're super important. But um, let's talk about the other thing here uh, that is really relevant. Did you yeah. want to hit on this one? For sure. So, yeah, you know, I, I have some requirements in my internal challenge. Um, where they have to upload photos. People have to upload photos every weekend in order to stay involved and engaged in the challenge, to have an opportunity to win any of the prizes at the end, um, cash payouts, any of that stuff. But the one thing I've noticed is that on weekends like this, so we all know this was Mother's Day weekend. So mother's Day. all the mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. You guys are amazing. Um, I tell people this all the time, but like, one of the things that I feel blessed about is that I'm not a woman because after working with women so often in, you know, in this perspective, like it's giving me a whole new perspective on what women go through, what their bodies go through, the things they do for families, the things they sacrifice to, to, to make families, you know, to be wives. And it's just, it's super challenging. And like, I'm always impressed. However, that leads me into like what Mother's Day typically becomes, right? Becomes a celebratory weekend for moms. And I'm all about it. You know, like I want, I want moms to be able to be celebrated and have their day. I think they deserve way more than one day. But, you know, I, I have these, these moms in my group, Kendra, that they're doing really well, you know, and, and they want to make progress and they want to, uh, they have certain goals for themselves. And it seems like during this time of the year with so many holidays and summer coming, it seems like every weekend is an opportunity to celebrate something, right? Summer's here, spring is here, Easter's here, Mother's Day's here. And like, like ever, like there's been so many people in my group that are like, well, hey, this Sunday I had Easter brunch. Hey, this Sunday I had Mother's Day brunch. And I'm like, well, cool. You know, and they're like, well, Kenny, I'm really frustrated. I'm not getting results. You know, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, have you ever thought about maybe you're creating your own frustration? You know, like, have you ever thought about the fact that possibly at some point you can't celebrate everything and you're going to have to make some sacrifices? Or if you, if those days are important to you and you do revolve somewhat around these events in your life, you know, Easter, Mother's Day, if you're willing to take a long-term approach and celebrate those things responsibly, then I do think, you know, you'll make progress over time. However, if you're looking at making, you know, more of a linear progression towards your goal of losing weight, um, at some point you might have to sacrifice and not celebrate every day that comes down the pipe. You know what I mean? I mean, you came to the right person for this topic because you're you're preaching to the choir. 
I'll just have to hold back a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Mondays are always hard. They're our hardest day in the app because that's where you read the regret, the remorse, the shame, the guilt, the frustration, the all of it, you know? And it's usually around a weekend, never mind a holiday. And um, I don't know, the, the longer I do this, the more I'm convinced that you have to throw away the need for balance when you have an aggressive like fat loss or weight loss goal. I'm just saying like, I don't see the scenarios where you every holiday is an overindulgent, which usually by the way, leads to a couple days and then maybe some not tracking and then discouragement. Right. Like, so you probably have a bunch of discouraged people today, Mm -hmm. but it's by their own hand and those foods will be there for you. Like they're always going to be there. It's you, you, I, I don't see the scenarios, Kenny, where you have the balance with, I, I don't see it. I'm not saying it's not there. There's probably a coach who can do a better job of helping you indulge on brunch and also reach your fat loss goals, but I'm not seeing it. Well, I think it also starts with, why people come to us, you know, like if you came to me and said, Hey, Kenny, look, I'm not concerned about losing weight, but I am trying to find, you know, a a better relationship with food and maybe how I can, you know, trend in a better direction over the long term. I think that's a great discussion. Like that's, that's where I'm at right now. You know, even though I'm going through all the things I'm going through, you know, the number one thing this weekend I posted in my Instagram stories that I ate a crumble cookie for the first time. Like I I never had. Let's pause. Was it amazing? Was it? It was garbage. Oh. I mean, it was okay. It was a cookie. No, it can't. Listen, listen. So I I got a variety pack, like four different cookies, four different flavors, because, you know, I didn't want to, I I went right for the milk chocolate. Like that was my favorite milk chocolate chip. But honestly, like, so I paid for this four pack of cookies, like 20 bucks. I don't know what it was. 25 bucks. Anyway. But like way too, much. way too much money. There were huge cookies. It was good. But, you know, I, I kind of joked on my Instagram that like I could have gotten the same thing if I would have just booked a room at the Doubletree and gotten the warm cookie on the way in. Like, you know, I could have had a room in a hotel and a warm cookie. It was that much. It was that's how it tasted. It was no better than the cookie you get there. Yeah, but right. The point is, is like Sandy and I wanted to have crumble cookie. Our daughter was in town, you know, for Mother's Day weekend. And so we went out and had it. Now, I don't have any, I didn't run and jump on the scale Monday morning and be like, hey, let me see what happened. And like, that, that wasn't the case. Like, I'm not worried about the scale. And oh, by the way, like everybody was in my DMs about, oh, Kenny, make sure you track the macros correctly. Only a quarter of the cookie is the serving size. I'm like, bro, I wasn't even tracking. Like, I just ate the cookie. Like, I wasn't concerned about the scale. I wasn't concerned about my weight. I'm like, when it's a lifestyle approach, it doesn't really matter. Right. I just, well, dude, you don't have 30 pounds to lose that you're trying to get off. That's right. a difference. Like you can't both have the crumble cookie complain about your results while you're in the middle of trying to lose 30 freaking pounds. That's the problem. That's yes. the problem. Like, listen, 
race, like just get the goal. You know what I'm saying? We'll figure out how to get the crumble cookie in there later. But right now, the problem is you keep you you've kept you keep having the crumble cookie. Right. That's not helping you. You have to like some point you have to let go of the cookies and just just like don't worry about the cookies, man. They haven't helped you. They're not gonna help you. You'll have them again. Yep. Exactly the point, right? With Easter and Mother's Day. No, it'll it'll all be here for you. Like what to me, and and this is what I try to tell my people, like Am I yelling? I'm probably yelling. This is just a great job. No, it's good. No, you sound just like me. I I get to be the nice guy today. Um, So, but this is the thing. It's like, as a mom, you know, as a woman, you want to feel empowered. I hear this all the time. Kenny, I want to feel empowered. Well, what's, what's more powerful? Like knowing that you beat your mother's day, like you still staying on track and like, you're still making progress. Like to me, that is powerful. Like you did something you've never done before. Like that is progression. That is getting better. And like when you regress and you allow yourself to like cave into the cravings, it just shows you how far you have to go in my yeah. mind. In yeah, my yeah. Mind. weakness exposed. Like to me, I, you know, I think when I have a fat loss goal, which I'm just like you, I've kind of into maintenance mode for a while, aside from the bikini prep, and now a little cup for summer. I have to do the same thing this challenge I've asked all my people. Uh, the crumble cookie has to wait. It just does. And I and you can get real, like you can like assert yourself on those decisions and feel really good about it. It's like a boundary. Like absolutely will no crumble cookie be like no stupid, ridiculous crumble cookie derail me from my goals. That's powerful. There's no cocktail that you could just slide in front of me. And all of a sudden I forget that I have this goal and there's a thousand dollars on the line. No way. Not when I have a goal that where I am a priority. And I think we just cave so quickly to those cravings. And the cool thing about cravings is they pass. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't just crave for like seven hours. Like if you can get through it and break the obsession, it it will pass. Go have some water, grab a seltzer. It'll go away, you know? And yeah. every time it does, you build that confidence. You know, you know what I'm saying? You feel better yes. about yourself. You just got to get into future you. That cookie is, you should be like, I think you should be angry at the sugar industry, angry at alcohol. And like, that's kind of how I get, I get like, you think I'm not weak? You know, (laughs) I get like really aggressive. Well, and see, and people don't stick around long enough and they don't work hard enough on it. But I promise you, if you beat those cravings enough in the beginning, your mindset will go from craving the shit to craving results. And right. then you will you're you will start to figure out that the more you're willing to sacrifice, the faster the results will come. So, you know, right. and and it's not about being totally um man, what's the word I'm looking for here? It, it's not about going I, I mean, listen, the more and more that you can fend off the negatives and embrace the positives you will build momentum at an unbelievable rate and you will find yourself 
somewhere six, eight, 10, 12 weeks down the road that you've never been before. The reason why people yeah. never get there is because they usually find ways to talk themselves out of building momentum. I always tell people that like people that I know that are doing amazing in their journey, they've been on, you know, they'll, they'll be on track for eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, making all the progress. And almost always the reason why people start to go the other direction is because of a choice. You know, we always talk about things happen in our lives that we can't control. Somebody passes, you know, um, could be a tornado hit your town, whatever. Could be something really dramatic that throws you off course. It does happen. There are things that take us off track. But 99% of the time since I've been a coach, the thing that I have discovered is that people go off track when they want to go off track. They yeah. give away their momentum. They yeah. decide like, hey, Mother's Day, it's going to be my day. Hey, Easter, it's going to be my day. And then they don't understand how hard it is to recover from those decisions. Well, it can take... I, I indulged uh, the evening before Mother's Day, like in a super reasonable way, which I'm always really proud of, like, you know, split the sliders, had a couple, like split the dessert, you know, it ate more than normal, but I'm not getting on the scale for a few days. I'm not on your team trying to win a challenge. Like these are things that, and I kind of know and have practiced over the years, but it can take a good week or two to dig out of a weekend binge. And that's, I think, I don't think people realize that. Like you want to try to correct that the next day by not eating and doing excessive cardio and you you can't. You You can set yourself back I would say seven to 10 days with a weekend with a destructive weekend and that, that, or more, not to mention what it like, that's just your physical body, not to mention what it does to your confidence. Um, it's, it's, it, it is not, it's not, it's not a good thing to do to yourself when you're in the middle of a goal. It's really frustrating for people. I can empathize with that you know? Yeah. And, I, and I'm with you because, you know, like even for me this weekend, you know, like Mother's Day. So yesterday, I mean, I'll just lay it out for you guys. So yesterday morning I had first watch. I had like six egg whites and a pancake, right? Sugar-free syrup. Like I was perfectly happy with that. You know, I look around, there's people with like, they're eating the bananas, fosters, French toast. They've got hash browns on the side, two pieces of toast, like four eggs over easy. And I'm like, what yeah, we're going eating? probably like, 5,000 calories deep that day. Yes, you yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And like, I'm, I'm making easy, responsible choices. Like people right. don't get it. Like it's just small things. Like I take the butter off my pancakes. You know, it's just one yeah, little right. thing. Like I just swipe the butter off, right? My egg whites, I just ask like, hey, please no butter on the egg whites. You know, like just making a simple request at a restaurant and then sugar-free syrup. You know, like there's a lot of thoughts on that. But regardless, like I'm trying to make some small tweaks to like, so I can still enjoy the things I want, but not be a total asshole, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I think also when you have a goal and you're like, let's say you're, I'm just saying 30 pounds. Cause that's like such a typical yeah. 30, yeah. 50, whatever people are carrying. Um, it's easier for me now. And I'm sure it's easier for you now, but it is a conscious choice. Like it's not, you don't, people who win challenges who are fit 
it's not an accident. It just to the extent somebody watching may be making a really poor choice, people who are getting their goals are not making the they're make they're having to make a decision when something is faced in put in front of them too. They're also having tragedy in their life. They're also going to work every day. They're also taking care of their kids. You know, we put our animal down. That's a pretty common reason for people to not track and go off the rails. Like there's a lot of things that everybody faces. And when was the last time you had more than two weeks of smooth sailing anyway? So if it's every holiday that you get to, if it's every holiday, every difficult child, every stressful baseball weekend, if that is always the reason you just, you never get the momentum and momentum is so important with a goal. You just, you have to have this period where you're like muscling through it. Don't you think? And it oh, just sucks. Sure. You're like, and you want the cookie, but you can't have it. And you like mad about it and you're grumpy and you, but you will come out of that and emerge you, but you I, have, there's always a period that sucks for me too. Oh yeah. I think Kendra, I, I really believe that like sometimes people love being the victim. Like they yeah. love to blame. It's actually a thing. Life. Yeah. Yeah. They love yeah. blaming their lack of success on all the yeah. things around them. And like, they're comfortable leaning into that because that means they don't have to accept responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really, I think part of what you and I offer, and this is true for people that I follow and listen to, they're usually just affirming what I'm already doing. And I think half the time here, you know, maybe we get to somebody who's not doing it, who has an eye opening moment. But I think for a lot of people, this is affirming because they are doing those things. They have, you know, they like to hear from coaches that they're like, I do that, you know, that's good. I'm, I'm like, this is, this is very affirming for people. And for those who can't hear it, it's like, that's okay. You know, I, it, we know that not everybody can hear these types of things too, because it's hard to get out of the victim habit. I have a friend who was, I've never seen anybody get out of it before, but I have a friend who did so, she was always a victim and she did all this work to get out of it. And she like is ref a reformed victim. I've never actually seen anybody do that, but it's the coolest thing like that it's possible for you to heal from whatever the reason is you're a victim, acknowledge it and start to get yourself out of that. And now she's like, just much more powerful. Um, and shit, man, that took her till 55. These things don't happen when you're 30. That's <laughs> they, true. they just, they just don't. But yeah. It's a great discussion. I mean, I, 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 yeah. We, you could. I know we just like. Oh we, yeah, what what did we want to talk about today? Yeah, we could talk about this forever, man. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's one thing that does make people, just to wrap it kind of up though, Kendra, is like the people who do the best, they eliminate as many excuses as possible. They accept responsibility yeah. for their own actions. And if they want to make progress, they celebrate those small victories each and every time they get a chance. And they don't, uh, unfortunately, like I'm with you. 
Balance isn't something that exists when you have a goal. Not really. Not the type of balance. I just got a great message from somebody who said, well, I tried to get that balance and I'm back 20 pounds heavier. Yep. It's like, that's, I, I do think that's what balance gets you. I, I'm sure there are other coaches who coach on balance, but to your point, if somebody said, Hey, I, I'm not, I want to maintain my weight. I need to get like something else under control. You know, I always think, I don't know about you, but if I'm, if I'm seeing like binge eating disorders, things like that, we may be talking out of scope here for what I could actually help you with. Right. You have to come to the app ready for change. Like when you're, when you are ready for coaching, coaching is specific. Coaching should be a person who is ready to accept responsibility and change. That's what coaching is. It's not like, and that, that work is often done before you get to a coach. It's not therapy. It's not you know, counseling on eating disorders. It is a person who has done that work and is ready to change and accept responsibility. And I think that's a highly misunderstood. Um, your coach can't save you. Kenny can't save you. I can't, you know, you, you, nobody can save you. It's, and you have to understand that when you come to a coaching environment like this, that it is a person ready for change and accountability. And that's a big misconception about what a coach is. I like it. <laughs> What's no. cool? Was, no, that, that, was, was that a mic drop? Was that that was? <laughs> I don't know what else. Yeah, actually, let's get into our total topic. I was so sure. curious. So I wanted to interview you and okay. maybe just chat with you about, okay. you know, I'm healthy right now. I'm, I feel good. I, I overcame injuries in my early forties, revamped training diet, stopped drinking, like all those things, everything I need to do work on sleep for years. And I'm watching you, my peer who is, by the way, if I open my Instagram one more time and see your bloody like surgeries, I'm going, <laughs> that, that is like it's, the it's hair, I'm like, yeah. It's clickbait. <laughs> clickbait. It works. Except I'm like, just tell me what happened. But I feel like you've been through a lot. And I think that I'm guessing you show up every day because I know I see it. And I was making fun of you because I, I, you go from like, you know, you have that great back and that great structure that you've built over the years to like you and the, and your like pulley. And I'm imagining myself like, damn. And so I thought, I'm kind of curious how you've been, you know, you're a coach who's gone through some pretty big things and, um, yeah. uh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, uh, I mean, it's been tough, man, you know, <clears throat> coach, not a coach. I, I don't think it matters just on a human level. You know, when you have these types of things that happen to you, um, no matter how many times you've been through them in the past, you know, there's there's always a little bit of doubt um, that creeps in, right? When you're going through this process of like, will I come back? Can I recover? You know, what will this be like? Will my shoulder be the same? Will I be the same? Will I ever get back to where I was? And, you know, it's, it's very similar 
to someone who comes to me with a weight loss journey, you know, um, you know, I have goals, I have places I want to get to, but, and even though I've been through similar things in the past, each one of these injury journeys is different. Right. Um, and there's just doubt in, in knowing like how your body will respond. You know, you're older now, will you be able to do the work that's necessary to get back to where you were, you know, you're 51 years old. Like the last time you went through this, you were 49, you know, um, obviously testosterone is lower, you know, your, your energy level is lower. Um, it's going to be harder to come back. You have less, less muscle, you know, your body recomposition negatively faster this time because of that, you know, so there's just so many things that I could go into and talk about. And then the endless things that run around in your head that you have to deal with every day. I mean, you know, it's tough as a coach, number one, that, you can't do all the things that you ask your people to do, you know, and and I always talk about the army because hopefully I'm sure what Jack is doing in the army, he'll be fine. But, you know, the army isn't what everybody perceives it to be. There's, there's good leaders, there's bad leaders. And one of the most important things I think that good leaders do is they lead by example. You know, they, they show up and they do all the things they ask their people to do, and they never ask their people to do something they're not willing to do. And, you know, as a coach, um, it's really tough in this aspect when you use that same principle of leadership, you know, leading by example, you know, I'm clearly, I'm still coaching people. I'm still helping people. I'm still helping them get results through the knowledge portion, you know, what I'm able to share with them but I'm not able to lead by example physically. And sometimes that makes you feel a little bit fraudulent, you know, even though you know that you can't do anything about it, it's just where you are in your life. You know, these, these things start to circulate in your mind and it does impact you. It does for sure. So let's talk about your, cause the first surgery I remember, and we don't have to go into them in detail, but I feel like it's been a couple years of, something whether it was stem cell shoulder am i right about that so uh, back in 2018 so i i need to tell the whole story here i think um in I, order... I think that would be helpful i think that would be helpful because somebody that i know is listening that either follows me or you is they're going through this i've you know yeah. it's just a part of life so go ahead so to start this back where it really needs to start is when I joined the army and I say this because in the army there is especially in the job that I did in the army as an infantryman um there is a bravado a machismo that goes with that job if you will okay like you are either either you become an alpha male or you leave the army like there's really no other way to describe it like if you're a weak sister, you're not going to make it in the type of job that I had in the army. So that being said, you either get right or you get out and either you can do your job or you're not value added to the organization. So the reason why I go all the way back 31 years is because when you're in that type of an environment, you know, it's, it's kind of like pro football, 
you know, like everybody's injured. Everybody plays injured. Like if you're hurt, um, if you have an injury that you can, as they say, suck it up and drive on, you suck it up and drive on. So the reason why that's important here is because for the majority of my career, I didn't get help for a lot of the injuries that I had because if you take time off, if you take plays off in order to get medical treatment or attention, your value is now much less, i.e. that means no promotions, no opportunities, no schools. Like you become a hindrance, someone the unit now has to deal with versus being valuable to the organization. And so you learn pretty er pretty early on in the Army that if you're going to be successful, that you can't be the weak sister. So for 31 years, well, the majority of my career, I just didn't take care of myself. I had a lot of injuries, a lot of issues, a lot of things that were wrong with me that I just didn't go seek help for. And so over time, those things really took their toll on my body in general, right? So instead of doing physical therapy, instead of you know, getting surgeries, instead of getting things done, I just found ways to work around them, which impacted my body to where I'm at now, um, really just tore my body apart. That all started catching up to me, really, in 2018, I'd had a, a lot of problems with my shoulders. And, and people ask, like, well, Kenny, what's in the Army? Like, why, why your shoulders? Well, for me, you know, in my particular job, we carry a lot of heavy loads. We're always putting things over our heads. We're always putting on these, you know, like our body armor. It's tough to put on. It's not easy to put on. Like, you're constantly putting your shoulders, like specifically your knees and your shoulders in compromised positions so that you can do your job. Um, and I had a lot of just kind of like tweaks to those areas. So developed a lot of osteoarthritis over my time in the army. And then in 2018, <clears throat> I was kind of, so at that point in my career, I'd been in the army 28 years. No, 1990, yeah, 28 years. And um, I was going through a contest prep for a physique competition. And, I was super lean at the time and I was getting close to stage as about, that's about four weeks out. So I was pretty lean and I'd been pushing through a shoulder injury for a long time, working really hard. I had already been diagnosed with a partial rotator cuff tear, labrum issues, but I was like, well, I got to get the stage. I got to get the stage. I got to get the stage. I was so close. <clears throat> One day I was, believe it or not, in the restroom. Number two, right? Keep it clean for the podcast. Clean. I was reaching around with my right arm to, you know, clean up everything, you know, do all the right things. And my bicep tendon popped off approximately my right shoulder. So it popped off. I heard it pop. I felt it pop. Didn't hurt, you know, but I knew right away there was a problem. So wow. went to see the doctor and, you know, of course, great army medicine that it is. It took me about four weeks to go from time of injury uh, <laughs> to surgery. So at that point, um, the bicep had atrophied, the, the tendon atrophied down inside the bicep. So we did the surgery. We never got the bicep repaired, but we did fix the rotator cuff in the labrum. So that was surgery number one. 
about a year later, I was still having problems with the shoulders. I went and saw. Oh, okay. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, in that, how much of you is thinking about your physique change, the impact to your phys physique versus the impact to like longevity and health? Um, I mean, I, I think most of it was longevity and health. I mean, of course, you know, I was concerned about my physique, but I'm a, I'm a realist at some point. Like once it happened, yeah. there was no yeah. fight, you know, like, by the way, I did get on stage still. I still competed with that torn or that detached bicep. I made it to stage, had surgery directly after, but uh. regardless um, no, I think it was longevity. Oh, dude, plus you're like doing the worst thing for your body, which is like yeah. dieting when what you really needed was like food, rest, recovery, and surgery. Correct. You know, so nice going there. Yep. <laughs> but so, I guess no. like I would have done the same thing. <laughs> I was totally committed to that goal, you know, like you were just <laughs> That's what I was about. You know, we were just talking about this. Like we were just there was no that, balance. Right? Like there's yeah. no balance. Yeah. So, you know, had the surgery, um, army doctor, old army doctor. Like when I say old army doctor, I want you to think about like 407 7th Colonel Colonel Potter, old army doctor. Like if you ever watched MASH, like many people are like, what are you talking about, Kenny? Um so anyway, a year later, I was still having problems with this shoulder, Kendra. You know, I went through rehab, did all the things I was supposed to do, but I was still having problems. So I went and saw a sports medicine doctor in Louisville. He's like, yeah, he's like, look, man, he's like, it's still Jack Bill. We got to get you fixed. So one year later, I was back on the operating table again, same repairs, same issues over again. So that was my second rotator cuff repair, labrum repair um, on the right side with a doctor in Louisville. So... Finished that up. So I, this is about September of 2019 now. Okay. So now I'm in the rehab again. I'm coming out like this is now March of 20. Okay. February, March of 20. I'm feeling great. Like I'm actually like my shoulder feels awesome. I'm building my physique back. Everything is great. And we move into a new house and Sandy and I are moving furniture and she drops a hutch on accident. We're carrying it together. She slips, and when she slips, this hutch gets caught in my, I can't get it out from underneath my hand quick enough. So on the opposite hand, it snaps my bicep off. You can see the surgery repair right here. So the bicep wow. on the left arm, that's why this bicep is deformed now. So snap that tendon off. So I had to have a, bi a bicep repair on the left arm. So just when I was feeling good, just when I was making a comeback, you know, disaster strikes again. And this is just unluck at this point. Like, it's not Sandy's fault. It was just bad luck, right? So about eight weeks later, I'm coming out of that, getting better. And this is where I actually start to gain some momentum again. I'm gaining some momentum, gaining some momentum. And then this year in February, I, uh, I had a fall, you know, don't make any old people jokes. You're about to be my age. Um, but I had a fall on some ice um, after, a, after a football game I went to and tore this labrum, tore this rotator cuff. And so I just had surgery again recently. So I've kind of been through it the last three or four years. Kind of. Yeah, it. yeah. It's been Damn. rough. And the, the knees are just to improve. Like oh, that's yeah. just 
Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah, so the knee is just, it's chronic osteoarthritis. I have no yeah. ligament, no lig, or no, te, uh, no cartilage, cartilage in the knees. Yeah, yeah. same. So, um, it's pretty, it's pretty crappy. Like, um, I need knee replacement. Like, that's the only thing that's going to save me at this point. Yeah. But I'm trying to put it off as long as possible. So I did have, if anyone out there is listening and has questions about stem cell therapy or has questions about PRP, and do you think you're a good candidate? I mean, I'm more than welcome if you want to reach out separately and like, I'll tell you my thoughts because it is experimental. It is out of pocket, um, some of this stuff. So um, I'd be willing to answer those questions. But for me, um, at my age with my condition, it's probably not going to be successful. We tried, you know, so yeah, it need yeah. replacement at some point, but I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah. So while you're, while you're going through this, as so i think actually i met you right before your second tear i mean i knew you who you were but we probably partnered with first form not that far apart is that right yeah i mean I, I, 2019 yeah it's like october 2018 i think ish okay so yeah. so the biggest question or the I think one of the biggest issues that I see with people who are you know gosh trying to change their physique and an injury happens and it just it just does with whatever the case may be how do you well at this point you're already committed to this lifestyle so it's not like you were just starting to work out and now you have a shoulder injury and you haven't ever built up the momentum but how did you adjust your training or your your mindset to be able to overcome that like now you can't use your arms you know i mean how how do you how do you get through that um yeah because i mean a lot of this is going to be mindset right yeah i think so first for people who are out there that are injured and they're trying to figure it all out i, I think this is where it becomes a good thing to divorce yourself from the all or nothing mindset you know there's one thing when you have a specific goal and you have no limitations and you're trying to achieve it I'm all about the all or nothing mindset, honestly. Like I'm all about like, like kind of like we talked about earlier on, like throw balance out the window. If you have the ability, the time and the resources just go, go for it yeah. on your goal, you should yeah. do that. Like not to do that, in my opinion, is squandering an opportunity. It's wasting an opportunity. But when things happen in your life that are truly out of your control, like again, like you talked about, like you know, your guys' dog passed away or you had to put your dog down. I told it's so sad, right? But if you were if you were my client and you told me that, I'd be like, hey, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. That's horrible. But you know, I want you to understand that like there's nothing you can do that's gonna impact what happened, right? All you can do is kind of lean back into your journey here and don't let it derail you because that is something that's overcomable. Like you're proving that right now. You're dealing with it, you're still doing your thing and as shitty yeah. as it is, you're able to get through that. That's not something that can't be overcome. Like when you have a physical injury that you cannot, you know, 
do chest anymore. Like that's a limitation. Like you can't get past that. Right. And I think it's okay to understand that there are times in life that there will be some things that you cannot overcome for whatever reason. And that means that you can't have an all or nothing mindset because so many times I see it in my community. I'm sure you see it as well. People have the ability to keep doing some pretty awesome things, but because like one thing happens, it totally derails everything. So for instance, you know, they, 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 they twist their ankle, right? And so they're laid up for a couple of days. So instead of continuing to focus on nutrition, water, sleep, all those things, they just start eating like shit. They stop exercising altogether. They just let it all go to hell. And I think for me, the one thing that has saved my ass and allowed me to maintain some type of physical presence and not become like a total, you know, like put on a bunch of unneeded weight is the fact that I've remained disciplined in areas that I can still be disciplined, i.e. nutrition, physical therapy. I can still do legs. I can still do some things and I'm not relying on that. Well, I was a contest prep competitor. Like, well, I'm not right now. Right. So I have to accept who I am right now and utilize that. Yeah. And even sort of with what we went through with CODA, with what you, you know, your injuries, I sort of say to myself, these are my emotions over here and they have nothing to do with whether or not I go to the gym and feed myself well. Like there's no amount of food that would make me feel better. There's no amount of rest that will make me feel rested. I mean, I give myself the appropriate, what I think is the appropriate time, but when I twisted my ankle, so I didn't track for a week, my question is what the hell does your ankle have to do with anything about whether or not you're taking care of yourself? Like, that's just like adding insult to injury. Now you've got something that is actually hurting you. So you choose to like dig yourself deeper into a hole, which is not helping you. And yeah, appropriate time, right? Like there's, it's like be bummed, but, but like, but get up, (laughs) you know, get up. And, and, um, it's really cool to see when people do that, you know, cause it's, it's very tempting to just, that is such a good point. Like one thing, one thing gets you, but listen, if it's not the ankle, it's going to be something else. Like there's something coming next week for me in my life that I can't control. That's going to probably create some feelings, but they should have nothing to do with whether or not I eat like shit, you know? What I mean? And that I had to, teach myself this is not intuitive it's like you feel bad you want a dopamine hit you want serotonin to the brain but it can come through feeling good about your great choices like well yeah and i think that like kendra it's like you know like you said like you got to learn it but i think you're right though it is the emotional response that gets you because if you think about it it really is common sense but because you're thinking emotionally, you kind of lose, you lose that yeah, you, common sense yeah. vision. Right. Did, do you have any issues? 
issues with food? Like, do you, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are going to hear what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I do have a connection. Like, I feel bad. I want food. Like, oh my, this happened. And now I can't track my, my food. I can't do anything. I can't think about like, do you, are you even susceptible to that anymore? Or do you think your training for all those years is just kind of. No, I mean, I don't, I don't relate one to the other. Like I, I still eat like shit every once in a while. Like, you know, I still have crappy food every once in a while. I crave a hamburger just like everybody else. Or I want to have pizza like everybody else, but not, I don't, it has nothing to do with the relationship to like oh, like my shoulder, food. like, oh, I want to go no, eat. No, and, no. and it's probably not that conscious. It more starts with an unraveling or a lack of focus. So like now I have an emotional response and it's not like, oh, I want pizza, but it's like you, your energy for anything else is out the window. No, but I, I am susceptible just like other people are. For instance, like yesterday was Mother's Day. You know, Haley was here. My daughter, my granddaughter was here in Kansas with us. And we all went out to eat. And like get crumb cookie for her. Right. Like, so, like, I didn't have to do that. You know, like, you're right. Like, it it does. Like, it unravels slowly, right? Like, I didn't need that crumb cookie. Because here's what I do promise you, Kendra. So, what I do know at our age, that's something you got to really watch out for if you ever are in this spot or anyone out there who's listening, is that I promise you, you know, we always say, you can't outwork a bad diet. At least I say that. I'm sure you say it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you're injured, your mistakes nutritionally are highlighted and emphasized. Like, it's going to be even worse. So, like, even though you can't outwork the bad diet, you can definitely make your situation worse by not being disciplined nutritionally. Right. Because it's going to happen faster. Yeah. You Sorry. think about what what does it take for your physical body to repair protein and calories? You know, what that's that's probably why like continuing to diet on a contest prep, you know. Mm-hmm. But man, I get that four weeks out. I don't think you could have stopped me. If I would have justified that too, I'd have been like, they can't even do surgery anyway. I'm almost already there. You know, meanwhile, you're like tanking. <laughs> every mark health marker (laughs) but But i will say this like yes you're right like mentally it was like spiraling right into that competition like i knew i had to get this thing fixed and like thank god the army was slow medically right that's the only reason why i didn't have surgery before that contest prep it wasn't a choice it was the availability of the operating yeah yeah might as well do the prep right may as well finish it but here's the thing like and I'm not telling people to do this on purpose, but working through that and figuring it out only made me stronger. Yeah. Going through that, like I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but it just puts me in a spot, like as a coach, like when people tell me, like when they come to me with the reasons why they can't, I always think about me. I'm like, well, I know. you actually can. Like you definitely can not to, you know, like, this That's is a just different. And even, even like, even my team, we talk about like, just say it differently. Instead of you can't say, I choose not to. Yes. And it, like, to me, if somebody says, Hey, I chose not to, it's like, I respect that. I like, I, I can get with that. 
now you're coachable and you learned something, you know what I mean? But if you just, you keep coming being like, I can't, I can't, I could give you five people worse off than you who do. So what's the problem now? I, like I've got, I've got I have a woman with eight kids, eight, eight, wow. not one, not four, not five, eight who just killed it. You know, she's got all eight kids. Okay. The body takes a hit. So I always think of her when people are like my kids, I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me go get Debbie. And <laughs> you know, like, you need to see somebody worse off. I've got a girl right now doing this challenge who's got got five, right? Full-time nurse in her master's oh. program, in her master's program, right? Her kids are everything from teenagers down to two, right? So she's got like kids, kids, like all across the board. They're all involved in sports or activities at school. She's finding a time to be a full-time nurse at a hospital, not like teleworking, right? Like she's like going to work. She's doing her master's program. She's married to an active duty soldier and she's like five foot nothing. And she's down like 20 pounds this challenge because she, and look, I don't want a kid here. I've known this girl for three years, but this challenge, she decided she was all in, but she did it. You know, she made it, she chose to, she chose to. She's like, you know what, Kenny, this time I'm I'm not gonna make any excuses. And she's freaking just killing it, man. She's killing yeah, she it. wasn't like, hey, Kenny, it happened for me. No, yes. No, she's like, she was like, it just, I just woke up. She decided it can take that long, man. That's why, like, I'm always, you know, if I let people into my group and they're looking around, I'm cool with that. Because I know it could be a year, it could be two years. But eventually you'll get bit by the bug. You'll get sick of yourself making excuses. You'll hear them differently, but it can take a while. That's so cool. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. happy for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's amazing. And also, like, I think you can validate all of those things. Kids, busy, stressful, all of it. But um I'm sure you can relate to this. When I did my contest prep, and I think a lot of people will feel this way, I uh, moved, sold everything, bought an RV. I moved like three times maybe over the course of five months. My son left for the army, which as you know, like was just hard. we started, we went on life on the road. We were living in an RV the last six weeks of prep. There was something about being able to control the controllables in chaos that was so helpful to me. And that's how I see this lifestyle, right? It's like, it's like all of this stuff is going down, but I get to make a lot of really good decisions for myself right now. And let me tell you, so I get, I experienced your journey from a different lens. So I knew you were going through contest prep. I was watching you. We talked about it several times, but I still remember very distinctly your husband, who I coach, checked in with me while you guys were on your, on your moves, right? You guys were like going through all your things. And he's like, yeah, I was really busy this week. We were moving. I couldn't hit my macros. And I'm like, well, hey, bro, Kendra hit hers. Like she's with you. If she could hit it, like, why can't you hit it? Like, right, I'm like, right. I'm like, so 
it's just a perfect, it highlights it exactly. Like you're both going right. through the same thing. Right. You chose to do it. He chose not to do it, which right. again, like I'm, I'm not, I think this is where, and this is not a shot at him at all, but I think goals create clarity. You know, yeah, you, you had a goal and that created the clarity you needed to stay on point. Like his goal is a little bit different. You know, when your goal is like a year away and you're thinking to yourself, well, it's kind of a nebulous goal for him. Like he just wants to put on muscle um, so he can get leaner later. Like that's a really hard goal to focus it's on. Hard, yeah, hard, yeah. So I, it's, I think it, that was part of it, but for sure, it just, it highlights the, the, the point we're making here. Like you yeah, can. It ha- it, yeah. So real. how did you, when you were injured, uh, cause this is a, this is a common thing for people. What, and by the way, you had gotten on stage and that was part of your lifestyle, which we know is, has so many awesome benefits and some weird downsides and all of it. But how did you set goals then? Like what, for yourself, like, were you just like, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna switch up my macros. I'm not moving as much. I just, my goal is to just not put on body fat here, like, and get healthy. So what were your goals when you can't have physical goals really? Or yeah. maybe they, maybe they're just different. You know what I mean? You're not running a marathon in six months. You're just healing. Um, yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand too, what this looks like. So when you have, cause there's a lot of shoulder surgeries right? And not all of them are the same as you can imagine. So in this particular situation, when you have a full thickness tear of the rotator cuff, full thickness tear of the labrum, some bicep stuff getting cleaned up, um, it's important. Like they took my bicep tendon and re-anchored it. So like, there's a lot of things going on right now in here. And so I am this week on Thursday, I'll be 11 weeks out from my surgery. Yes. So almost three months. And just to give context to people, I'm ahead of schedule in physical therapy. Yet, if you gave me a five-pound dumbbell, put it in my hand and said, lift it above your head right now, I could not. Not not because I didn't want to. Physically, it would hurt too much. My body would not allow me to do it. So it's a long road to recovery here. Like I am just this week able to move my arm against gravity for the first time. So it's... I, this is, I'll be lucky in at the 12, me, 12 week mark, if they clear me to start, you know, like pushing against gravity, you know, like, like right now I can't do that. So it's a long recovery, like six months from six months from surgery, I might be able to do resistance training again, the way I want to like start lifting weights. So I say that because you know, when it comes to creating goals, the number one goal for me has always been to progress as quickly and as safely as possible with my physical therapy. And I've done, like, I'm I'm ahead of schedule, like, which says a lot, you know, because at, and I take pride in some of these things, like, you know, because we all look around, we're all looking for motivation, no matter who you are, like, what can I take from this situation that's going to fuel me to move forward? Like knowing, like when I go see my physical therapist, he'll say things like, he's like, dude, at 51, he's like, you're ahead of most 25 year olds. Like, and you're like, say it again, say it again. I need that, right? I need that to feel me 
So yeah. I feel good about that. So I feel like I'm doing that part. Number two, I don't want to be an asshole nutritionally. And I know that's a really vague goal, but I, I know that. So number one, I, I weigh exactly the same right now as I did before I went into surgery. That's not necessarily a win. It is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. However, my body has recomped poorly, you know, yeah. so like, love handles coming back, you know, stuff like that, that I really don't like that makes me feel super uncomfortable. But I also know that like all I'm really doing right now is because I also had that stem cell therapy, right? So I know I just started legs. Like this is my fourth leg session this year. So I was really only walking or cardio for from the first week in February until now. Right. So I haven't been able to do resistance training. So for all those people out there who are only cardio people, and I know a lot of them, um, you will never realize your goals the way you want to until you incorporate resistance training. And I know that for a fact because I have to take resistance training out and all I can do is cardio and my physique has done nothing but get worse. But maintaining my weight has been important to me, which I've been able to do. Yeah. Um, so I know that when I come out of this, I'll be in a good spot. Go ahead. So are you sort of saying, so the goal for you is, I like this to kind of maintain my body weight, work on healing, obviously, mm -hmm. keeping your composition the best that you can, given the circumstances, working on body parts that you can, and just, you know, not eating like an asshole, which by the way, is like, that is a goal, like eating yeah. really well is a really good goal, especially for somebody who's injured and needs to make sure they have enough. Have you adjusted your macros down at all? Like your, yeah. So that's the other thing is a lot of people, the first thing they want to do is drop their macros. I'm like, but you, you were struggling to hit what we had. You know what I mean? Like, never mind less. Like it's, it's not well, always less when you're healing too. Well, here's the thing I know for a fact that at 51 years old, not doing resistance training, lowering my macros, only doing cardio is going to have only one outcome, less muscle when this is all said and done, yeah. which is going to mean a worse metabolism and a harder yeah. recovery. So yeah. I am, and I'll, I want to be really clear with this as well. When people are like, well, what do you mean cardio, Kenny? I want you to understand that like the only thing I've done is walk. Like, and I only consider it cardio when I'm intentionally monitoring my heart rate and getting into a certain zone. Like, I'm not talking about walking my dog. That doesn't count for cardio for me. You're talking about 130 one to 150, 160, got oh. some pump going. Main, yeah, slow, steady. And also, I don't think we can overemphasize enough how this would be different person to person. Like, for sure. There's no, like, like you, you would have to reach out and, you know, get a recommendation on what you should be doing if you're injured like this. But, um, yeah. Well, and even yeah. me as coach, Kendra, I mean, even for me, I take all guidance from the physical therapist. Like yeah. I know about kinesiology. I know about exercise science, but I want to be coachable just like my people. So like right. when I go see the physical therapist, I'm like, I'll, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, and I, I'm lucky I have a good one. He shoots me pretty straight. Like, yeah, hey, I wouldn't do that yet. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. We'll do that. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, I think the last thing too, is like, how do you keep your, uh, I mean, you're a pretty stoic guy. Mm. You're pretty even keeled from what, you know, I understand it's not, that's not only who you are. I mean, this is what we see. You're professional. This is your job, your career, like, but how do you keep your, your spirits up? Man, it's hard, Kendra. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, you see me probably like my wife sees me. Yeah. You know, it's sad a little bit because, you know, I, I've had some really deep conversations with her during this one. Um, but because I have been so depressed, you know, over the last three or four months and I've been in a place I really have never been in before. Um, because I've always had my lower body or my upper body. I've always had an outlet. You know, this was the first time that I didn't have something. And it was really, it's been really hard. Like I, I can tell you, like it's impacted every area of my life, you know, my relationship with my wife, um, because, you know, it's made me depressed. So it's obviously impacted how we interact. It's yeah. impacted my relationship with my daughter. Um, it's impacted my relationship with my team. Um, it's been a challenge. I can tell you, there's been many, many nights that I just lay in bed, you know, and it doesn't do you any good, but you have those questions just like anybody would like, why me? Like, why, you know, like I care about this shit. Why does this happen to me? Like, and you know, you have to be really strong. You have to talk yourself out of those places. You have to be willing to say that, you know, there's a reason you don't, maybe we don't know it right now, but there's a reason why we're going through this. Um, but it's been really hard. Like, you know, there's been many nights where I just want to lay in bed and cry. Like, you know, um, cause you have to remember, do you like, ever do that? like, do you ever do that? Cry? Yeah. Cry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, probably no. not. You probably have like a, you probably have like a switch, like a, you, they gave you one in the army, like a tear switch, like absolutely no. not. <laughs> it is really hard for me. And I don't, I'm just not an emotional guy. Um, I've only cried a couple times in my life. Um, well, spontaneously. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I could turn them on and off with just about anything I wanted. But, you know, as an adult, yeah. <laughs> as an adult, um, you know, I, I I cried when my daughter was born. And then there's been many times as a grandpa, like, yeah, I bet. things with my granddaughter that just like, that really get me emotional, you know, so. Um, every once in a while, but not not in this aspect, not because of what I'm going through here. Um, I can't yeah, say sometimes that. Just out of frustration, you know, um, just out of like, uh, like, I think I want to have this conversation, too, because I, I can I sort of imagined one day. You know, just kind of looking at your posts and seeing the way it's working, it's way around your body, these injuries and the time. It's not like, oh, like for me, I got a little tweak in my shoulder. I'll take a few days off. I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but the progress I'm making right now and the momentum I have right now and the way I feel right now, if I had an injury, I would be devastated. Yeah. I know I would take it in stride, but it's not stopping me. And I, a lot of people 
the other reason this is important is because you probably have these people who never push because they're afraid they'll get injured. So instead of trying, they do nothing. And they're just kind of paralyzed with this fear. Maybe they have experienced pain before. So can you talk a little bit about that too? Because I think like, this is for people who are overcoming, but people who are even afraid to start because of injury and like, I don't want to end up like Kenny, but I'm not sure that's the right mindset either. You know, yours is years of wear and tear too. Well, I don't, I don't know if there's a question in there, but. No, I mean, it's, it's fair. And, And I would say this, like for those people who are afraid like fear is a good thing, you know, like, and I always find this hard to describe to my people, you know, and they're always asking me like, how hard should I push? I'm like, well, typically you'll know, you know, like when you get in there and like, it, it's hard to describe, but there's a, there's a big difference between being sore and being injured, you know, there really is. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's just like anything else in life. You have to measure those attempts. You have to be measured in how you go about doing that. I.e using spots, doing exercises, maybe with machines that allow you a little more room for error, right? Or maybe some help. Um, But regardless, like I experience this every day right now. Like every time I go to physical therapy and I'm pushing myself, you know, I'm wondering, you know, like, am I going to re-injure myself? You know, am I setting myself back? You know, Kendra, I was just, Two weeks ago, no, 10 days ago, I was sitting right here in this hotel room and I was feeling amazing, right? I laid down to go to sleep at night. I woke up in the middle of the night and I threw my feet off the bed to go use the restroom. And when I did mindlessly, I put both my hands down and I pushed myself out of bed, right? In this left arm that I just had repaired, I had this audible pop really loud right this pain like all the way down my arm to my fingers numbling numbing tingling and I was like I was like fuck man like did I just fuck this up like you know like did I just re-injure myself like tear up you know set myself back to another surgery and so for like the next day I just catastrophized all day long like I was scared to death, you know, I, I was like, man, I don't want to go through this again because, you know, people, they, they don't understand. It's not like just the rebuild. Like it's a fucking horrible thing to go through. It's painful. It's terrible. It's miserable. And I didn't want to go through it again physically. I didn't want to deal with the pain or or the mental setback. So I called the nurse hotline, you know, the nurse called me back. I explained to her the situation and she kind of talked to me off the ledge. She's like, look, you're eight weeks post-op. She's like, this yeah. happened. You know, she's like, you're going to have these things happen. She's like, take a couple of days off physical therapy. And she's like, if you're still having problems, call me back and we'll get you in and see my doctor. So I took her advice. I took a couple of days off physical therapy. And over the next couple of days, my arm felt better and better and better. And then last week, you know, I went into physical therapy when I was back in Kentucky And, um, I had the best physical therapy sessions I'd had yet. So, you know, it, but again, 
I was scared. And like for your people who are worried about being scared, you know, if you truly want to progress, you're going to have to push the limits. You're, you're going to have to do it. Right. You just got to be measured in it. Like, you know, I just don't know how many people that I can tell you, like they're doing 20 pound dumbbells, right. For especially a lot of ladies, right. They'll be 20 pound dumbbells, uh, for, for a chest press. Right. And they'll be like, well, Kenny, I tried forties today and it really hurt my shoulder. Well, yeah, no shit. Like, you know, how about we try 25 pounds next time? You know, like, let's be smart about it. Like, I'm not telling you to like, you know, go do what your friend's doing. You got to push yourselves. Like, even if it's like, if you're used to doing four sets of 20 for 12, how about on that first set or on the second set, we try 25 pounds for eight or 10. Right. And we see how it goes. And then the next week, maybe we do it for two sets. Right. And so we just got to be measured in how we do those things. I think you'll be okay if you do that. Well, also what you said too, I think this is interesting is, you know, you had that moment, you reached out to the people that could talk you through it and then you just followed their lead. And I think that's really important for people to hear too. Like that's what your coach is here for. You know, if you're unsure about your journey, there's a very good chance Kenny or I, who you know, have been there, done that. We've seen it. We know it's going to be okay. Like whatever it is, it when it comes to health and fitness, there's probably no scenario we haven't seen. But then you have to you have to make the adjustment. Like that's up to the people to make. So like you made the adjustment. You didn't go well. I'm just going to keep doing therapy and or. You, you know what I mean? Like you got the expert, you didn't know, they gave it to you, you followed. And that's how people, that's how you'll heal. And I think it's really important what you said about following a coach's lead, because the thing I know about you and the thing about me is that even though we have a lot of experience, we also have a lot of other professionals in our industry we can reach out right. to. So yeah. For me, it's never about ego. If I don't know the answer, I'll ask someone who knows the answer or- yeah. I'll put you in touch with someone that has the answer because yeah. I want what's best for you. I'm not trying to stroke my own ego and know everything. Oh, actually, I, I'm not the one to reach out to with injury. Like that's the other thing is in the app. I'm always surprised if people are like, I twisted my knee. I'm like, go to the doctor. <laughs> Like, go to the doctor. Like, don't, what are you doing here with me? Go to the doctor. I, you know, I, you got to, you know, I strained something. You need to go see a doctor. Either that is a limitation in the app, uh, and do whatever the doctor says. You know, yeah. um, that's important, I think. But you, you know, I, I've, I know. So, where do you find your, where do you find your uh, inspiration? from is that within is that habit at this point is that you're leading and you got to show up for your people combination all of those things but yeah I mean every one of those things like team playborn has been really helpful for me over the yeah. last four months because having to show up for them makes me show up for me because leading by yeah. example is important so it's important for me to lead by example in the way that I can which is yeah. you know, showing up for them showing them that it, you know I'm not going to quit but also, I do think that for me, the whole the whole damn shooting match comes down to my long term goals. Like, which is I want to, you know, we don't get any vote on how long we're on this earth, but 
I want to be here as long as I can be. I want to vote in that process. And like, if I want to be here to like, hopefully see my granddaughter graduate high school, get married, have her own kids. Like those are some things that aren't going to happen because I want them to happen. I have to make them happen. I have to do everything I can. And again, like, you know, in five years, who knows? I I could be T-boned at an intersection, cancer, whatever. Like it, we don't get to vote on everything. However, I want to do my part to make sure that I'm headed in that direction. Whatever else happens, happens. But that for me keeps me on the straight and narrow more than anything else. And I say that's important because a lot of people, you know, they're always searching for goals like they need. And I agree, like those short-term goals are important to kind of keep us on track. But like, if your real, if your actual goal means enough to you, it should keep you on track. Like, my granddaughter, my daughter, my son, my wife, my life, it means a lot to me. And like, I'm not just accidentally going to be healthy, right? I'm not. Yeah. Like, it's a choice. It's a choice. And I'm going to do everything I can. That goal is important enough to me to keep me on the straight and narrow most days. Most days. Yeah, I mean, hope, you know, hoping for a better week isn't enough. It's it's important, but it's like you got to just make the better week happen. Um, I haven't accidentally ate the wrong foods in my whole entire <laughs> life. Not once. No one is no. Not one time have I accidentally fell and landed on a sandwich and ate it. Not one time. So, I, I mean. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's all choice. A thousand percent. It's one. And now I will say this. I have had people before that were extremely impoverished and quality wasn't always a choice. And that's a different story. But most of the people that I work with have the resources, just not the discipline or desire to make the right decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, that's always feels understood, but I, I often feel like I have to say the same to, thing too. Like, let's leave out like actual tragedy. Let's leave leave out actual, like there are things, but um, you know, I've said this before. I, I had a woman whose she entire house burnt down. She had to go in Kenny, grab her granddaughters. It was like, it was quick. She's from Canada. And um she came, showed up the next week in the app because we're more than a silly coach in the app. There's some accountability and connection there, but she had made so much progress and it was so important to her. She just wanted to like, let at least let me know. I called her, you know, we, I'd never call my people and talk on the phone. And I called her after that. Um, but like, it just, those are extreme cases where, I always say barring tragedy. And then I'm like, and yet I still through tragedy have people like, it's the craziest thing. You know, it's like they kind of rise up through the ashes because they, they, they really, it's so important to them. You know, she was um, terrified of losing what she had worked so hard for. And so like, it's separate. You know what I mean? She's part of her rebuilding her life is taking care of herself. It's not like I'll, you know, it's all, it's 
it's all part of it. And I think when you're working hard enough, whether you have an injury, you start to see the benefit of this lifestyle, whether you have an injury, no injury, you know, whether your life is stressful or not, it just becomes a way that you, that you take care of yourself and think about this injury and your depression. And if you had alcohol involved and if you were eating like an asshole and you, you know what I mean, you would be taking a terrible situation that you couldn't control and just fueling it with like toxic choices and the number one thing, the one thing I think that I see that influences that more than anything else, like everything you just said is 100% true. But the one thing you didn't say that I also want to add to that list is when you continue to hang around people that don't support your goals and they continue to influence those bad decisions, right? The alcohol, the bad food, they don't support you. Like I see that so many times tear people down. Yeah. So many times. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So yeah. what would you say to somebody who is injured or in your situation now? And I'm, I'm not trying to make you like come up with some big grand motivational thing, but you know, um, I don't know. You've been, you've been open. I'm here's my thing. Like if you're injured and you're getting surgery and you're recovering, like it's just like anything else in life. Time is going to pass, right? It doesn't matter. You can, you can do whatever you want with that time. You know, you can use it to totally regress and become a shittier version of yourself, or you can use it and invest in yourself in the best ways possible while you're injured. Maybe you start reading more. Maybe you start eating even better. You know, maybe you start researching, you know, your, your, your physiology, you know, what, what can you do during these times to help yourself move forward? You know, just because your initial goal might be impacted by your injury doesn't mean you can't keep moving forward. You just might have to look for other areas, right? And I think when you do look for other ways to keep moving forward, you can keep positivity in your life, right? right? And that will eventually, if, if you can do that, that will initially, that will get you to the point where you're able to overcome your injury and get back on track. Um, again, just don't fall for the all or nothing trap. The all or nothing right. trap is dangerous. Yep. I love that. So all or nothing trap. Do you want to go into uh team Claiborne and see if you've had any comments or any questions or anything like that? I think for now we'll kind of let me see what we got going on here. Wrap up the general uh, podcast recording episode. Also, if you like this or anything we have ever said to you, follow Coach Kenny, follow me, subscribe to the podcast, five star ratings only. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. That's my motto. I don't know that we and asked. Thank you guys for listening to that portion. Yeah.